Welcome to the ERMI Podcast. I'm Joel Applebaum, Chief Content Officer at ERMI. And for over 40 years, ERMI has had the largest gathering of insurance professionals at our North American Construction Risk Conference, which is a can't-miss event. This episode is based on a snap talk presented at the 41st ERMI Construction Risk Conference. And Trisha Kager, Executive Vice President at Jordan Foster Construction, provide strategies for breaking through the barriers that impede the creation of a healthy and inclusive culture in the construction industry. We hope you enjoy it. So on June 24th, 1928, unmarried, uneducated Peggy Dalton from Cranford Farm in Gorey County, Wexford, Ireland, boarded a ship called the Adriatic. It was headed for Ellis Island in New York City. She was alone. In 1928, she grew up on a farm, and her father decided that because she was 28 years old, she had two options. She would either marry the farmer that lived in the neighborhood or go to the convent. You see, everyone believed that Peggy was at risk. At 28, she was considered a spinster, washed up, completely out of choices. And everyone around her was worried about her, except for Peggy herself. On July 4th, 1928, on Independence Day, the Adriatic pulled into Ellis Island and Peggy embarked on a brand new life. She felt free for the first time. It was interesting because when she arrived in the United States, it was during the biggest example of prohibition where the United States banned the sale of alcohol. But even though alcohol sales were banned, people went to great lengths to buy it anyway. Seeing this as a business opportunity, Peggy actually started making hooch in her bathtub and selling it out of a baby carriage just to make ends meet. Soon she married Thomas, she met and married Thomas Aiden Prendergast. They were married for 40 years. They had two children, the first in their family to ever go to college. Peggy really lived her dream. I often wonder what it must have been like for a woman in 1928 who wanted to change her life and she faced so many prohibitions, money, education, tradition. But she, Peggy, changed her life anyway. If you haven't guessed it by now, I'm Peggy's granddaughter. She lived to be 95 years old. She was, one of, she was the most influential woman in my life. She was also one of the funnest people I've ever met. And what on earth does my grandmother's story have to do with this topic of breaking the bro code and changing corporate culture today? Well, I'm gonna cover three things where we're gonna steal a page from Peggy's playbook and apply it not just to our personal lives, but to corporate culture. First, we need to distinguish between inhibition and prohibition and limiting beliefs. Next, we're going to address a tool called Know Yourself to Lead Yourself, both personally and professionally, and see if we can make some assumptions to apply that in the C-suite. So let's get started with a little tool called Who Says You Can't? So what's the difference between prohibition? Well, prohibition is an external restriction, a barrier that bars action. It can be a law or a rule, and some are really great and some are bad. For example, women were prohibited from voting until 1920 in the United States. Some prohibitions were created for the greater good to facilitate necessary change, like the 1964 Civil Rights Act. 
And yet, unfortunately, even though the barrier is removed, the prohibition still remains. Unfortunately, today, over 50 years later, discrimination is still alive. It takes years, sometimes centuries, to make those changes. Some prohibitions just are very permanent. Like, why is it that to this day, women earn 20% less than men for the exact same amount of work? The exact same work. And what is up with our outdated notions of caregiving? Three million women left the workforce during the pandemic in a position to have to choose. Do I care for my child or do I earn a paycheck? As we come back from the pandemic, I think it's time for us to really take a look, a good hard look at, are women only vital in the workplace when it doesn't interfere with caregiving responsibilities? How do we change that? And as we recover from the pandemic, we must address it or it will repeat itself at the next sign of crisis. So what is inhibition? Inhibition is the internal dialogue that we each have for ourselves. It shows up, perhaps, based on our life experiences. Maybe it was a failed relationship, or letting down an authority figure in your life, or that job that you wanted so bad, and you thought you were gonna get it, and it didn't come through, or the degree that you never pursued. These failures, we internalize them, and they become our inner dialogue. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I'm not allowed. And these can create an invisible barrier that holds us back from living the life that we really want to live. All of us have an internal dialogue, an inner voice. For those of you sitting here right now going, Trisha, what is she talking about? I don't have an inner voice. That's your inner voice. That's the one. So now you've heard it. You've tuned into the frequency. Name it and claim it. And listen to what you tell yourself. What is it that you're holding back from? I actually named mine. I named her Patsy. She tells me things that I would never utter out loud to another soul, but that's for another day. So as we think about it, years of prohibition influence our inhibitions as well. They're connected. Let's take the prohibitive workplace cultures that have existed for years and apply them to the chained elephant syndrome. A baby elephant in captivity is chained and tethered to a tree. And she tries with all of her might to break free. But it's no use. She's a baby. She's not strong enough. And she'll stay in that situation. And then time passes. And she will grow into the largest and most powerful animal on the planet. And yet she will stay tethered to that tree. There's an invisible barrier in her mind that she must stay there, that she, that she can't break free. Similarly, we experience women in non-traditional roles in the workplace sometimes experience a very similar circumstances where they're tethered to negative comments, opinions, where you can't break free. And sometimes these negative comments can be internalized. They show up like, you don't belong here. We retreat. Stay in your lane. 
if we don't comply, sometimes we can face harsh judgments. Or be asked, maybe if you would just smile more, you'd catch more flies with honey. And so we continue the same, more of the same. So the reality is, I really believed for years that women were really prohibited from advancing in certain roles in the industries. So I am in the construction industry and I'm one of the 1% that have made it into the C-suite. And I really believed that I was just maybe more resilient than most, like my grandmother. I was just gonna take it no matter what. And I was just gonna keep on going. But what now I've realized is that the legacy of prohibition and inhibition and the acknowledging inhibition requires both for us to move forward in action to make change. And I wrote a book called The B Words and I started researching limiting beliefs. And it also dawned on me that those limiting beliefs impact everyone, not just women, they impact everyone. And right now, the bro code isn't working very well for the bros either. Let me point you into some statistics that support that argument. The number one issue, risk, facing every organization today in 2021 is burnout, employee burnout. Construction industries and the insurance industry has a great risk ahead of us, potentially catastrophic, if we don't figure out how to attract the next generation of workers. Even before the pandemic, this generation of Americans was the most addicted, depressed, and Medicaid adults in US history. And a recent study showed that empathy, empathy is the number one leadership skill that's necessary in 2021, as we all are trying to cope with our lives being turned upside down due to the pandemic. How many of us really believe that in the C-suite, we have leaders that understand and, and embrace and are looking intentionally to create empathetic cultures for the future workforce. There's a disconnect there. So what is really happening here is, I think, more to do, less to do with gender and more to do with knowing yourself to lead yourself. And this is a really interesting tool. It's called an infinity loop. And we can apply this both personally and professionally. So first, what are our tendencies? Basically, the more we know about ourselves, the more we can figure out the patterns of behavior that are working for us and those that aren't. So our tendency creates our natural actions, and some of them are natural and some of them are ingrained. These come up with actions that create consequences and result in our reality. So in the C-suite, the tendency is to hire people with similar life experiences, potentially similar gender. Why? The reality is that's another topic for another day. I, I can't address that. But maybe it has to do with the comfort zone. Maybe it's just because it's easier to develop relationships with people that have similar backgrounds and experiences, and it's just easier. But we know that in the C-suite, the majority, the, the tendency is to promote men into those roles. 
1% of women in the construction industry are in the C-suite, 5% of women in the United States, uh, I mean 8% in the United States and 5% are in the C-suite in uh, Europe and 8% in the United States. So the barrier is real. This creates the consequence of everything staying the same. And the reality of potentially an echo chamber where in that C-suite decisions are being made by people with like-minded experiences that's a disconnect from what's going on in the real world. And in the real world, we have women and minorities becoming more educated as they become more financially sound. Hopefully, they're becoming more powerful. And as a generation of people has decided that the bro code's no longer working for us, and we are looking for empathetic workplaces where we can have a life as well as a profession, there's a great risk that the reality that we're creating isn't matching what's going on in the world. So what we have to address is self-preservation. What am I afraid of losing? What am I trying to hide? And what am I trying to prove and to whom? And when the C-suite and the leaders of organizations are asking these questions, then we can start talking about change. I challenge you, each and every one of you, to use these simple tools. Who says you can't? Know yourself to lead yourself, both personally and professionally. Take a page from my grandmother's playbook and go out and make a difference in your corner of the world. And be brave. Break free from the outdated bro code. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening. Go to ermy.com for more information and be sure to subscribe there to Ermy Podcast for more talks like this and to be notified when a new episode is released.